I'm Quinn. And I'm Alex. And we're a couple couple of characters. characters. We discuss topics related to creating characters for role-playing games. And what are we going to talk about on this episode, Alex? This episode, we're going to talk about an interesting character that is really going to be two characters in one. What do you mean by that? We are going to talk about a gnome or goblin or halfling, some sort of small creature that has a friend of the same race, and they tend to stand on one another's shoulders to pretend to be a medium-sized creature. So it's like the the trope of when you got an overcoat and there's a bunch of kids in there, whatever, pretending to be an adult? Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah, so what inspired you to create this kooky character, or I guess talk about it? Yeah, so the inspiration was from the Critical Role podcast. I, well, I listen to the podcast version. There's also the Twitch show. But Matthew Mercer had an NPC that was two kobolds pretending to be a medium-sized creature selling potions. So I thought it would be a lot of fun to come up with a backstory as to why these kobolds are acting in this way or whatever creature type we choose and then kind of try to stat it out and get the mechanics down for how it would work. Okay, so are we starting with a background or are we starting with a class? Um, good question. I think we we can probably play around with a little bit of both. Okay. I'm going to give you my my first thought for the background and then we can go from there. All right, sounds good. Let's go or maybe not necessarily background, but backstory. Right. So one of my thoughts was either if you're doing kobold or goblin, one of these races that are not tending to be in human society or normal like society in a lot of D&D games, then it would make sense if they are pretending to be a human or dwarf or something so that they can blend in more easily. Basically, it's creatures that you don't normally find in the cities, or they have their own civilizations. Right. Okay. And the other thought I had was, if you want to play it as halflings or gnomes, one of these more typical creatures, then we could make it be that maybe they stole something and they're on the run from the law or something like that where they are trying to hide their identities whenever they're in big cities. Okay. I mean, when you're adventuring through the woods in a forest, they're probably not on one another's shoulders and pretending to be a human or dwarf or whatever. But in cities, I feel like this is where it's really going to be happening. Okay. Okay, so do you have any ideas to supplement these backstories hmm are they siblings are they just friends are they cousins so i actually i'm gonna give an example quick of a situation when a game i played in we did something like this that was it turned out to be a lot of fun so i was playing in a group as a halfling bard and the party consisted of four halflings and a dwarf 
So a lot of small people and one dwarf, which is medium in the player's handbook, but they're also kind of small. And we were in the nine hells and we were trying to break into a place in the nine hells. So the halfling bard cast steaming on the group and he made the halflings stack up and he made some of them look like the top halves of bone devils and some look like the bottom halves of bone devils. And we stacked up. We had the halflings stacked up um, two and two and then the dwarf he just made look a little bit bigger. Okay. And then they tried to talk their way into the castle. Being a bard, he had a pretty good persuasion and deception. So he was the kind of the voice of the party at that point. And later we actually got into a fight and we kind of broke apart and surrounded these creatures we were fighting. And I just could not like stop enjoying the image of this top half of a bone devil (laughs) over here fighting and this bottom Half of a bone devil over there fighting. It was pretty comical. I mean, it's it's pretty hellish if you think about it. Yeah, so I think that for classes, I think a magic user is a going to be a help in this. If you get disguised self, you can make yourself look like a humanoid or a medium humanoid a little bit better. The bottom person's probably going to want to have some strength, so maybe a barbarian or a fighter. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, so I think maybe let's... So I have one thought is, because you also want the person on top to be kind of dexterous. What if you had the top person is either a bard or a rogue and the rogue is an arcane trickster? Yeah, that is a good idea. So that they have some disguising magic. Yeah, that is a good idea as well. Okay, yeah, let's go with that. So let's just pick, let's go with uh, Arcane Trickster for now. Okay. And then if you are playing at home and want to make this character, you go ahead and choose Bard or Wizard or whatever you want. And then for the bottom creature, what are you thinking? We got Fighter, Barbarian, one of those two? I would go Fighter, Barbarian, or Monk. Or, uh, I mean, you could do Paladin as well. They're typically pretty strong. Yes, they are usually pretty beefy. I think that for our purposes, let's just go Barbarian for now. And then at home, if you want to change it up, that's fine. Okay. Mainly because Barbarians get that advantage on strength checks when they're raging. So if you're in the middle of a fight and you're... So I have a question about that. Well, I have two questions. Or, well, a comment and a question. The comment is, barbarians get faster, which is great when you're a little little creature. You can speed up, you know, get some faster movement, which is great when you're trying to pretend to be something bigger. Now, I have a question about raging. So, you have to be doing a melee attack, or I guess any attack, to keep your rage. How are you going to swing the keeping the thing? Or, you have to take damage. Right. Also, how are they going to keep the person on top of them while they're raging? Right. These are problems you are definitely going to run into. So I think we should talk a little bit about the mechanics of actually making the character right here. I know we're into the classes a little bit, but one thing to note is if you are trying to play this character, your dungeon master might say, 
hey, you can't play two creatures because that's not how D&D works. And so you might have to team up with a friend and one of you is the, the halfling on top, one of you is the halfling on bottom. Or if your DM wants to try to work with you, I think you would end up multi-classing and kind of having one character sheet for stacked up version of the creature and then two maybe lower level character sheets for if you break apart. So for example, if you're playing a barbarian rogue mix and the fight starts and you want to be controlling the stacked up version, then you would probably have a little bit lower deck score for the person on bottom trying to maintain this stacked pile. But, you know, you might be okay for some other stats. Oh, this is just very complicated. So are you voting for the version where you play with a friend? I think that's definitely the less complicated version. Yes. Yes. I think that you're going to be less bogged down in all of those complex rules, which can take away from the fun. True. So I think for this character, you actually will be two characters. And by you, I mean your friend and you will each be one. All right. I'm liking this. Okay, so then I think the problems that you bring up are good points, but once you've started fighting, the facade of being two people is probably going to be less important depending on the situation. So it's possible the person on top might hop off and start attacking on their own, whereas the person on bottom could then rage and make their attacks and maintain that rage. Okay, yes, this makes sense. I was just talking about how you said that while the person is raging, they have advantage on the strength checks to keep a hold of their buddy on top. And well, how if, it's not very practical, because they're going to lose their rage, probably. It's possible. But yeah, I think let's, let's go back into the story, though. Why are these two kind of doing this? Because I think that the idea is there. But we need to rationalize why they are All right. hiding. They're on the run from the circus that they worked for. Okay. And one is the strong man. Yep, yep. And the other one... Or woman. Yes. <laughs> and the other one was some sort of acrobat or... Like the trapeze artist. Yeah. Okay. And they stole something from the ringmaster, whoever is in charge of this show. Oh, I was thinking that the circus got in trouble with the law in some city, maybe, and uh, the circus got attacked, and the trapeze artist's partner got killed in the attack, and these two fled... Okay. But they realized that they might still be known because people, a lot of people saw the circus. So that's, that's why they. That's true. Okay, I like this. So I think that is maybe a, that's a decent starting point. I like the circus aspect because it really enhances the like strong man is obviously going to be able to carry the trapeze artist and. Right. Exactly. They. 
it may make sense that, oh, they're proficient in athletics, so they're really good at doing strong things. Yeah. But what are, what is the goal, maybe? Is it the goal kind of to find out the mystery of why the circus was attacked? Maybe the ringleader was behind something and they are trying to solve a mystery of why did the circus get attacked when it did? I think that is probably what they're trying to do is figure out why was, why were we attacked and bring whoever did it to justice because you know their friends got killed yeah i think that's a good idea okay so i like the way this is shaking out and are we doing gnomes or halflings or one of each doesn't really matter i mean that's up to you at home whatever you want to play it doesn't matter but we can just pick one well just for the sake of argument say halfling sounds good the strong person is a stout halfling. And yeah. The tumbler yeah, trapeze artist is a lightfoot halfling. Okay. Yeah, that gives you a little extra charisma there for the uh, lightfoot and a little extra con for the barbarian. I like those choices. Yes. Yeah, so I think this is shaking out to be a pretty good character idea for these two i'm not sure what else we need to say i don't think there's really anything else to say because we haven't played this before yeah i guess we will say that we have not played this character or pair of characters but i think it would be a fun idea yeah i agree and definitely the tumbler could be a bard or a monk or a rogue i think probably you want to go bard or rogue because you do want that charisma you could make a monk with high charisma but it's not very typical but yeah. this podcast is about not doing the thing that's typical so you do a monk if you want to yeah the reason we like the bard and the rogue is for the illusion magic yes and i don't think a wizard would be performing in a circus because wizards are all about studying so i don't think a wizard makes sense that's true i think a barbarian and a rogue make a lot of sense in a circus as does a bard in a circus yeah so and if you're starting out at level one it definitely makes sense that maybe they're not quite a barbarian and a rogue when the story takes place but once you start adventuring you develop those tools that you get right away Exactly. So, to wrap this character back up... what we, characters. Yes. What we did was we have a barbarian that's a stout halfling. On the bottom, he was the strongman of the circus. And the circus got attacked. And the trapeze artist or tumbler, their partner in crime, if they're a trapeze artist, there's usually... Well, not really... Two. In crime, but... In circus crimes. Yes. Circus crimes. Okay. <laughs> um, they were killed or somehow taken out of the picture. So this person teamed up with the strongman, 
these two are the only two that escaped. I think it probably makes the most sense. Unless maybe some of the other party members want to join in on this um, backstory with you. And you could have a couple more people be part of the story. That's true. So we got a stout halfling, barbarian on the bottom, a lightfoot halfling, bard or rogue on the top. And we're treating them as two different character sheets with two different players. But if you want to try to make things more complicated, you can try to do it as one and then kind of make your life a little more miserable. I think definitely if you do that, make them the same race so that your racial racial bonuses are just static. Yes. That's great for that one. But yes. you said you had another idea that you you had heard or seen or whatever yeah so there's another idea like this it's not quite a halfling stack up but this idea came from my friends eric and adam who talked about playing these two characters together but i don't think they ever had a chance because eric was always being our dungeon master okay if you had the person on the bottom be a druid and when they beast shape they shape into a mount and the person on top could play a cavalier from Xanthar's guide okay and they would be mounted on the druid and i think that this could be a fun combination as well okay yes so if we did this version what what should our story be why are these dru- this druid and this Cavalier hanging out together, and why is the druid fine with just being this person's mount? That was exactly what I was going to ask you. (laughs) So, one idea is we've got somebody in the army. That would be our cavalier. Makes sense. And they get separated from their... Their troop or... Yeah, whatever. Unit. Yeah, they get separated from... Their people. And they encounter this druid. And maybe the druid is a criminal on the run. And the uh, the cavalier's horse... Is wounded. Is wounded, has to be put down. I think maybe even the cavalier himself or herself is wounded. And the druid heals them back to health. Okay. It kind of gives them that bond that... Yes. But that my reason for them being on the run is that if the druid... Or, you know, they were wrongfully accused. Right. But I think, say that... And that's dr- why they stay as a horse. Yeah, I think that this makes sense. Say the druid was wrongfully accused and this cavalier goes along with it because the druid saved their life and they're very grateful so they say okay i the druid explains himself maybe when the cavalier comes back to consciousness and right and they are okay with this plan okay okay so the druid is wrongfully accused maybe there's been a lot of weird animal attacks in the area sure and there's they know that there's they they have a druid healer whatever locally and they the townspeople suspect that it's the druid doing this. But it's not the druid. It's somebody else who wants to frame the druid. Some enemy of the druid. 
So the druid is kind of like a hermit that's close to a town and does healing things for them when they need it. Exactly. And the army is coming through or whatever, and the townspeople are trying to get the druid arrested. Trying to convince the army to apprehend the druid. Yeah, and then a fight ensues, whatever. That's how our cavalier gets injured. So the druid is the one that hurt him, though? That I'm not no, sure. No, the druid isn't the one that hurt him. It's just there was an angry mob in the town. Oh, okay. Because they want the druid taken away. And they're like, I don't know. I'm, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to rationalize how the the druid then gets hurt, though. But maybe the, the druid creature... doesn't get hurt. Oh, yeah, I meant cavalier. Maybe the creature that is pretending attacks the army when the army goes out to apprehend the druid for the townsfolk or question them they send a few soldiers yeah and our cavaliers among them and that group gets attacked by the creature that's been trying to frame the druid yes and then the sole survivor is this cavalier that the the actual druid heals back to health and then yes and then the cavalier's like hey that town wants you dead because they are saying that you're doing all these attacks and the druid's like well i think it's time for us to go or time for me to go if you want to come along yeah and the cavaliers was injured and the horse horse didn't make it yeah horse didn't make it so cavalier says hey you're a druid Pretend you're my horse, and then you can get away. Right. Yeah, I think, think that's great. They go back to the army, and the cavalier tells the other troops that are left that didn't go with, like, hey, the druid's gone. We're good to go. We help this town out. And no one is the wiser that he's riding on the druid back to town to have this conversation. I like this. Now I have another question. Go for it. How long can you stay in your beast shape? So. Is there a time limit or is it just a hit point or you choose to not? It is for this combo. You would need to have a starting character that was at least second level so that the druid can actually turn into animals and they can do so for up to one hour at second level. Right. So. I feel like the army would figure out pretty quickly if you can only stay a horse for an hour. Well, I think the cavalier leaves the army after he delivers this message. Like, he says, hey, I'm not... I saw some stuff back there. Okay. I'm grizzled now. Yeah. I need to make my own way in this world. Okay. So, is he a deserter? He very well could be. This is... Yeah, I think this is that might be good for the cavalier. Maybe he realizes how unethical. Yeah, this army wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Little gray in the morality scale. Right. So he leaves with the druid to try to kind of find his own way or her own way in the story. All right. I like this. This is good. Yeah, so to summarize this one, this is just a a similar stacking 
we're gonna put a halfling for the cavalier just so that we can maintain the the halfling stack well we'll just make them both halflings because why not okay <laughs> so we got a halfling druid that's living in a town and helping them out but some a series of attacks near the town have made the townsfolk question whether the druid is helping them or hurting them we got a halfling cavalier that joins the army and comes upon this town the townsfolk say hey go check out this druid they've been attacking us they go check it out the druid um helps them fend off the attack of whatever's pretended to be the druid everyone in the little group dies except our main character the cavalier and the druid and the animal probably gets away right yes so i was thinking that would be their their goal is they're trying to figure out what was actually attacking the town right and what why it's framing this druid right and then we got them starting out at at least second level so that the druid can use wild shape is called wild shape yes it is called wild shape all right and then we have them they go back to the town the druid posing as the mount for the cavalier they tell the army hey the druid is gone now you're good to go the townsfolk are happy the army's happy but the cavalier is not happy so the druid and the cavalier leave together to to find their own adventure yes so i'm thinking how well how they leave is cavalier brings his mount over to wherever they have all of their horses and such whatever sure and then when the the grooms are distracted reverts back to the halfling just kind of looks like oh you know somebody just around the camp you Mm -hmm. know they're other people around the camp yeah and then at night they escape okay yeah i like that so i think that's a pretty good pairing yes so now if you want to play and we would again do this one as two separate characters and so if you want to make this pairing or the other pairing go ahead and let us know how it went yes we'd love to hear about it so speaking of email, let's yeah. talk about how people can contact us. Exactly. You can find more information about our show at a couple of characterspodcast.com. If you have any ideas or feedback or need help creating your next character, you can email us at a couple of characterspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ACOC Podcast. We'd like to thank John Began for composing our theme music. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes. And another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon donor. Just search a COC podcast. Yep, and just remember that those links are all on the website. So just remember the website and you got all the info there. Yeah, and thanks for listening. And hopefully we hear back about some people that tried these characters. Maybe in a future episode we can talk about... If we have the chance to play these characters, we could talk about how it went. So far, neither of us have played either of these, but I think it is a solid plan. Yes. 
keep on rolling. <laughs> No. <laughs>